coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Today's forecast, cloudy with a chance of zombies. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Resident Evil 7 sort of coming to Switch. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about demakes of modern games. But Mark, until then, before then, in the meantime, how you doing? Good, good. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, great. yeah. Yeah, we're hot, hot off the block here. We're ready to go. Uh-huh. Um, but before we get started with anything, we need you to do us a favor, please, please. Uh, if you could rate and review us on Apple podcasts, that helps us out tremendously. I think that's the only way people discover us maybe by stuff being shared on, uh, Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, but, uh, reviewing and, uh, rating the episodes helps us a ton. And we had three heroes answer our call last week. Mm -hmm. I was about to, uh, correct you and say American heroes, but I don't know that they're American. I, I assume I'm making some assumptions here. Uh, so a special thanks to dude. It's Elliot, Ashley, Maria, and American classic for re leaving us great five-star reviews. Uh, not only does it help us be discovered, but it makes us feel good. Do you feel good, Mark? I feel great. Yeah. Um, and this is, of course, just people who left reviews in the U.S. Yes. podcast store. So maybe they are American heroes. Yeah, maybe, maybe they are right. American heroes. Um, so if you're an, a Canadian hero or a French hero or a German hero or a hero of anywhere that is not the North, uh, the American podcast store, we can't see it. But thank you anyways. Right. And you can, if you want to shoot us a little message and just be like, hey, I did that. You want credit. You want big ups from us. Yeah. Dude, it's Elliot, Ashley, Maria, and uh, American Classic. Big ups to all of you guys. The biggest. You can always just shoot us an email and be like, hey, I reviewed your show. Uh, no, you can't read it. And that's fine. Our email address is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, and you can do that really with any concern you have. Uh, to wit, we got an email from a listener, Dustin. Um, Dustin says, the, the title is, I, I love this email, by the way. The, the title is Breath of the Wild. Wow! Dustin says, Okay, clearly we're not actually friends, but after listening to probably 100 plus hours of your podcast over the past months, I'm not going to lie, it kind of feels like it sometimes. The internet is a weird place. I just finished Breath of the Wild, and considering I'm a man in my 30s with young children, this is shocking, I know, but I don't know any other people who have played this game. So, who better to tell than you guys that I was just blown away and can 100% concur with, with it topping your list of console Zelda games? Not that there was any doubt. I mean, it is definitive. That's him saying that, but I agree. Our list I also agree. is uh -huh. definitive. Uh, just had to tell someone. Now I can finally move on to the currently long backlog of games I own, and I am sure I will uh, love that were uh, previously ignored. Okay, random email over. Thanks for the show. Um, so first thing I just want to say, uh, Dustin, I think we are friends. Absolutely. Look, anyone who sends us an email and listens to our show, I, it has always been my dream that this be like a dialogue of a podcast. So like, don't shy away from sending us emails. Anyone. We love it. Mark and I are both smiling right now. 
And we, and we never smile when we're recording this. No, Usually it's, it's big frowns. We're stone-faced gargoyles just leering at each other for an hour. <laughs> just daring each other to, like, <laughs> make our day. Uh, so, yes, uh, Dustin, never, always send us whatever, whatever. It's, we love it. Um, Breath of the Wild, Mark? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's so funny that this email came up after last week or two weeks ago, where for a moment I was convinced that we had put Link to the Past on the top of our definitive ranking. But that, of course, was wrong and stupid. Link to the Past is not the definitive best. Breath of the Wild is. It is a great game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so you can send us your praise of other games or just to say hey uh, to our email address, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Uh, here's another thing that we need your help on, though. Uh, we are trying to determine which of all the Pokemon starters is the best starter. Mark, there are seven generations of Pokemon. That's so many generations. So that's times three, 21, and then there are the, there's the occasional like other one. We got to figure out if like Eevee fits into this because it's like the rival starts with it in yellow. Uh, oh, I, I think we've bitten off more than we can chew. That's why we need your help. We need your help. So if you have a specific defense of a Pokemon or if you want to, you know, blow one up and be like, don't you dare. Yeah, put it on blast. Don't you dare pick the Fennekin. Um, like, I just, I need, we, we need to know We're, why. We need, yeah, we, we need help. <laughs> Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. All right, Mark, um, let's get into what, we've been, what we have been playing this week. So I picked up Banner Saga, uh, which I've been playing not a ton of, but I have been playing a little bit of. Um, it, I love the way this game, uh, like the presentation of it. It is basically a Fire Emblem game, but with more. It it looks and feels like a like the Rankin Bass, um, Hobbit cartoon. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and you know it's all like Norse mythology stuff, and it, I don't know. It's 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 really neat. I am afraid with every decision I make or every fight I go into that like I'm going to lose something important or you know destroy a character that I'm supposed to fall in love with or something. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far, and it runs very nice on on Switch. Uh, I've of course been playing Stardew Valley. Of course, uh, I don't even know what to say about it at this point. It's just life. And then uh, I. Beat the final boss in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. <laughs> uh, in funky mode. Oh, so not not in donkey mode? <laughs> right, not in like the hard, you know, like two hearts yes. um, type uh, mode where you... And I got all the Kongs in every level. Really? Yes, but again, funky mode, which makes it a lot easier because you can just throw yourself off the edge and get it and it automatically saves. Oh, so, sure. like, you don't have to wait until you get to a checkpoint. Right. So it's like, how do I get here? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, like, dive <laughs> I, at it. I just die. kill a monkey. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, yeah, beat the, beat the final boss. The bosses in this game, not my favorite aspect. Too long. Too long. All of them are just a little bit too long. Um, and so now I'm working on the uh, K levels. So uh, when you get the when you get Kong in every level in a world, then a special level opens up that's like super challenging or like more challenging. There's no checkpoints or anything. And then when you get all Ugh, of those, that's the worst kind of extra challenge. <laughs> well, no here's the thing: point. I'm in funky mode. Oh right, right, right. right? So I'm like, and I guess probably in regular mode they have this, but I'm like 
chugging down uh, banana juice. I'm buying like green balloons, like left and right. Like, I, I don't know. It's more fun to me to not try to kill myself to get through these levels. Yeah, that's yes. I mean, that that makes perfect sense that like you, there's still like some sort of challenge, but like you don't have you don't have to beat your head against the wall to, to play Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah, uh, man, I love funky mode. Yeah. I really do. Helps everything. It, it, it totally changed the. I mean, I had a ton of fun playing with uh, you and I in co-op, but there were a lot of times where we were like, just like doing the same thing over and over and over again, and getting close, and then just like having it fall apart, which is fun, but also to a point. To it's a fun point. To a point. Exactly. <laughs> um. So I th- this is not Nintendo, uh, but I have been playing a, a little bit of the. Disney Afternoon uh, Collection on PlayStation. It should be a Nintendo topic. It should be a Nintendo topic. Unfortunately, it is not. Um, but I just want to say that uh, um, this is the first time I've ever actually beaten DuckTales. Uh, that rewind feature is clutch. <laughs> like, that that should be how you play. And the, the way it's implemented in that collection is so quick. Have you done any of the, like, rewind? Not really. On, um, Super, uh, the Super no, NES I forget Classic? that it's even an option or that it's there. I forget that it's there, too. Um, it's sort of cumbersome, uh, but on the uh, Disney Afternoon Collection, you just, like, hit the right trigger and, like, it starts to go back. You know, because the, the original games never use any trigger buttons. Um, so, like, you can screw up and then, like, within a second, you're back to the moment before you uh, messed up. Um, but so I actually beat DuckTales for the first time ever, and I felt really good about it, even though I was, you know, cheating. Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? It's fun. It's, it's just, fun. It's just like funky mode. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. I'm excited to report that I will have something new to talk about next week. Oh, you Because think so, I huh? am actually going to pick uh, something up this week. So... Today, May 22nd, you have Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 coming out. Yeah. Runner 3, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, the retail version. The game has been out on the eShop for a while. Um, and and then, if, if for some reason you're a, a physical-only person who's been like holding out, uh, like yeah, pick up SteamWorld Dig 2. It's a great game. And then on May 24th, on the 3DS eShop is Dylan's Deadhead Dead Heat. Dead Heat. Breakers. That's the game you're going to pick up, I assume? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, this is one of the titles that when it was announced, you're just kind of like, what? It's, yeah. It's, is Dil- was Dylan's a beloved, like, character? I, I do not. Yeah. Seeing, seeing the trailer for Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers, and I, I want to say it was in, like, a direct or something. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just one of those mind-boggling things where we're, like, I can't believe that they're still, like, actively pushing 3DS on us, A. I mean, I'm I'm sort of okay with it, but like, you know, it seems like a weird marketing choice. And then B with like a character that nobody knows, right? At least bring Rusty back for like real deal baseball too. Yeah, it should be Rusty's real deal dead heat breakers. <laughs> yeah, I would totally play that. That game was charming. This game, I'm sure, is charming in its own way. Is this a Nintendo game or is it? It is a Nintendo. It game. is a Nintendo uh-huh. game. Or uh, Nintendo published, anyways. Uh, so he can he can join the stable of weird Nintendo characters like the rabbit from the Badge Arcade. Yeah, but I feel like that one's more beloved. <laughs> Nobody knows its name. I don't. I don't get. I don't. I do not understand how this game came to be. Um, well, why don't you tell us the game you were actually talking about? Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, the eight bit Castlevania type game that uh, is coming out from Inti Creates. Uh, 
it was like announced last week and this and week it's coming out, out this week and yeah. i'm super excited as definitely gonna be picking that up it, it was created as part of a stretch goal for bloodstained what's it what's the actual it doesn't I, matter yeah the 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 full-fledged bloodstained game which is uh gonna have you know more modern graphics and whatever right it's like a psx it's like symphony symphony of the night and this right. is like castlevania 2 or Castlevania 3. 3, probably better. <laughs> probably 3. Hopefully. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, interesting thing about that was that Inti Creates was originally supposed to be the developer of the other Bloodstained game. Something happened. They like bowed out from doing it, but they're still the developer of this, the 8-bit version. Way to go, Inti Creates. Uh, and then May 25th, Pixel Junk Monsters 2. Uh, yeah. Um... That yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. Um. So obviously you're gonna pick up Bloodstained. I'm gonna pick up Bloodstained. I'm probably gonna grab some Mega Man Legacy Collection. I don't know which yet. Um, I have the first one on 3DS. So I feel like a little. I don't love kind of double dipping on that, but mm-hmm. also you know it's just gonna be so much more enjoyable to play it either on my TV or you know the larger uh, Switch screen. How are you feeling about this news of like the Best Buy Gamers Club being discontinued, uh, as in like they're not doing renewals or n- new members. Let's talk about this. So uh, we this is not something that we have in our uh, news lineup, but I suppose we could have um, the Best Buy Gamers Club Unlocked, which I, bl- I believe is what it's called, um, which allows you to buy video games for twenty percent off uh, at Best Buy is uh going away you cannot be renewed and you new customers can't buy it um uh it's a bummer because i had been i've been going with physical games in a lot of cases where i, I could have been you know i could have made a decision either way um and uh so yeah i mean I, I think i'm probably just gonna slide over to uh digital now when when buying stuff new uh just because the you know the the my nintendo coins rewards are are better if you buy digitally, um, and I've got enough storage on my Switch that you know there's no real reason to uh, carry things forward um, physically. It is a bummer. Uh, you know, I'd, uh, I've bought all my Switch games digitally mm-hmm. from the beginning, and honestly, most of my 3DS games, but I don't know. It's, uh, Amazon has already, had already started to like whittle away at its like, pre-order, pre-order yeah. or it's like its incentives went for buying or pre-ordering games and i mean when you think about it 20 percent off is crazy especially because right? what is the like one year upfront price uh yeah like i mean 25 bucks yeah, or something it's, it's, it's even then ne- negligible yeah. yeah if if you're gonna buy like two or three full price 60 dollars games like you're you're saving money um and you know on amazon like you just subscribe to prime because you're a human being and you need to have things shipped to you sometimes <laughs> um but yeah, so it's it's a it's a bummer to see all of those like incentive things go away. But it sort of makes sense. Like it, it never, you know, when someone says a oh, sixty dollar game, it's a sixty dollar game. I'm like, man, it's a forty eight dollar game. They had to have been losing. They must have been, yeah. So much money on it because I think the margins on video games for retailers are very thin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would be surprised if at forty eight dollars they were making anything on them, especially for like a, a brand new new release game i bought god of war for 48 dollars the day it came out um or like my uh my labo set you know i i got that for 20 percent off most amiibos that i've purchased in the last year or so 20 percent oh, off yeah so like 
you know, it's... So it was games and gaming accessories? Yeah. Oh, wow. So maybe that's... And not, like, consoles, um, but everything else. Uh, so they they must have they must have been like oh you know what we there's this is not sustainable nobody's buying amiibo and then also buying or not enough people are buying amiibo and then also buying like home theater equipment right to make it worthwhile <laughs> right you you don't go in for an amiibo and you're like ah oh, you know what I could use a new TV yeah, from Magnolia <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh, Mark let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, we are going to be talking about Harry Potter. And which book is our favorite in the series. Yeah, let, let's try to keep our purview in, on that, like, specific task. Oh, yeah. I feel Because like, I feel like Harry Potter is ripe for future yeah. 433s. In <laughs> fact, it's strange to me this is the first Harry Potter one that I can think of. Uh, like, it, I don't it, know it, it might not be. I am certain that we have repeated topics, and I don't care. <laughs> um, so, okay, you, your favorite Harry Potter book, how do you, like... Do you put yourself in a, a time when you were reading them, or do you just try to, like, have have you gone back and read these books at like multiple times? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have like an initial gut reaction of what you think you're Goblet of Fire? Goblet of Fire is my go-to. Yes. Um, I think that's a very good answer, and I think I would say that too. But the one of the hardest times I ever laughed ever was reading the uh, Order of the Phoenix. Uh, out loud with my brother. There is, this was, if you'll indulge the story for a moment. <laughs> um, we were we were at my parents' house for Christmas or something, uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving, one of those, you know, neither of us were living in the house at, at the time. And we were like, let's, uh, let's hide in the basement and <laughs> read uh, a Harry Potter book. We'll just like switch off, you know, reading, reading out loud to each other. Um, and there is something that happens on the... Um, the Weasley farm where uh, Hermione gets a black eye and Mrs. Weasley is doing some sort of magic to try to fix this black eye. And JK Rowling is like, I'm going to use some figurative language here. And she says that Mrs. Weasley is trying to lessen Hermione's resemblance to half a panda. which is the clumsiest metaphor I've ever heard in my life. Lessen her resemblance to half a panda. What is... What is... What what half? It's that she has one black eye. That's half a panda in J.K. Rowling's eyes. I see. Split right down the middle. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, vertically just in the face. That's half a panda. So we we were like rolling around, literally rolling around on on the ground laughing. Um, That's really funny. I imagine you and your brother reading that book to each other to just be like screaming at each other because so much of that book is written in all caps and (laughs) exclamation marks because Harry's at his snottiest. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when Harry's at his worst. Nobody understands me. And he's like, hey, you have so many friends and like supporting like family. He's total teenager. Yeah. J.K. Rowling like nailed it. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, you have great friends and like everybody loves you. And he's like, oh, my life is terrible. You guys don't get it. And his life is sort of terrible. Sure. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, normally I think that I would rank that as one of my least favorite books. Um, but like, I cannot, I cannot describe to you like how much that made me laugh. Could you imagine like if somebody had it, like you knew, like had a black eye <laughs> and you're, <laughs> and that's the terminology you used to so be like, like, whoa, someone's half a panda in here. <laughs> It's just it's just insane. I don't know I don't know how it how that like made it out of her brain and then onto like onto the page. Onto the page and then an editor was like this seems fine. <laughs> right. Yes. Or or worse the editor was like uh let's like consider rewording this. It, yeah. And then JK was like no. <laughs> That's it stays in. So You're I write these books on a deadline. Yeah, you it's know true. like here's it's the, true. Right. As long as you got like the periods in the right place. Right, you change and, those like uh, mums to mom. Yeah, perfect. And then and then you just got to make sure that there's like a nice little drawing at the beginning of every chapter. And you <laughs> right, you bing bing boom. <laughs> yeah, get it How out. How come we're not publishing these books? I don't know. Uh, so defend I, Goblet of Fire. <laughs> um, you know, Goblet of Fire. It has. It is missing some of the elements like from the earlier books that you really enjoy. Like, there's no Quidditch or anything like that. Um, but I think it does a really good job, and maybe it was the age where I was reading it, but just, like, uh, of bridging the gap between the first three books, which yeah. are su- which are really fun, but are just, like, very short and very, um... They're episodic. And they're, like, yeah. they're... Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Goblet of Fire is just a little bit more, like, involved. I don't even really know how to explain it. Like it expands the world in a fun way. Absolutely. Um it's a little it, it, it's a little bit more like it's great for like a teenager. You know, it's like a little yeah. bit more adult. Well, and um, like it ends with full spoilers for all things Harry Potter here. Um but like it ends with Cedric Diggory, one of the characters you've been following around. Oh, well, I guess we'll never, <laughs> we'll never know. Not full spoilers. Not, not full spoilers, only partial spoilers. Uh, we were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble with guest violinist Todd Reynolds. So thank you for that, fellas. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Resident Evil 7 is coming to Switch. Kind of. All right. I mean, it is coming to Switch. It's okay. Over the weekend, Capcom announced that the cloud version of Resident Evil 7 would be playable in Japan starting May 24th. Which is what? The Thursday, right? Uh-huh. So it's free to play for the first 15 minutes, and then afterwards you pay 18 bucks for, uh, or the equi- Japanese equivalent of 18 bucks mm-hmm. for a 180-day rental. Includes like all the DLC. It's the full game. The only catch is that you're streaming it to in, your switch uh-huh uh instead of like downloading it and so an internet connection is required the entire time yeah so with that i mean that means that it takes away one of the like key components of uh you know what makes the switch so much fun is that this will not be something that you'll be able to play on the bus or on a flight unless i guess you're paying for the wi-fi and are connected that way and like the wi-fi super fast it's got to be super fast wi-fi i mean usually no- they like they don't let you get online with those sorts of things. Yeah, sure. Well, and I mean, I, I don't. Where are we with like game streaming technology? Are we to a place where like you can stream a triple A game like that over Wi Fi, and there, you're not going to have like technical issues? Or I, I think if you have like a steady enough connection, mm-hmm. um, 
Here's the thing. The Nintendo Switch, not necessarily known for its steady internet connection. No, the Wi-Fi, at least for me, is, like, not awesome. Yeah. Uh, Likewise. So it doesn't sound like this is... I think this... It doesn't sound like this is going to come west. At least right now. Okay. Like, the... uh, Even though, like, all the localization is done, I think this is... I would love if it comes west. Look, I have the PS4. I could buy Resident Evil 7, probably for fairly cheap at this point. Right. But... Uh, I haven't. If it comes, if it came to Switch here, even in cloud version, I would a hundred percent do it. Yeah, um, for sure. Me too. Especially if I mean, eighteen bucks. Like, you know, that's and what do I need the game after one hundred and eighty days? Right. Interesting. Uh, outside of that one hundred and eighty day time period, your save is also deleted too. Oh, so you can't like re up? That's no. That's it. You you get one one hundred and eighty day rental of this game. And at the end of that time, they're just like, okay, you're done, and it's gone. So I think this is a super interesting experiment. Yes. I will be very interested if this is successful, because it's a really... Uh, easy is not the right term, because I'm sure it's technically very difficult and like involved. But it is a um, unique way to get around any... like. Uh, power restrictions the switch would have any any technical limitations any technical limitations like uh you know we've heard that final fantasy 15 can't run in its uh non like mobile form or whatever can't run on the switch but maybe you could stream it yeah i mean the streaming thing is really interesting because like you know the the you could use the vita the playstation vita to stream any game that was on your uh playstation 3 and and 4 i believe yeah um which is crazy that it's you know it's a feature that it has it's called remote play um so that the uh either PlayStation 3 or 4 itself is actually running the game you're just seeing it on the Vita and like the inputs are on the Vita Yeah, I remember doing the third trying to do the third raid in um Destiny in the original Destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and how'd that go? <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't doing it on a Vita, right. but somebody in my <laughs> in the group I was playing with was they were at work uh, streaming it onto their Vita. And so occasionally they'd be like, Oh, my boss is coming and have to like put it down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was less of a technical limitation and more of just like a, you're at work. You shouldn't be playing games. Um, So, I mean, man, it would be so cool. Or I mean, maybe we are, maybe we are living in this future now where, um, streaming games to you know underpowered platforms like is a reality and is like a functional reality. But I think I think we need to see it in yeah. action first. So I feel like like six years ago or so, maybe even longer at this point, like seven or eight years ago, there was a company that maybe eventually got bought by GameStop that was trying to be like the Netflix for video games. You talking and about Gaikai? Maybe I am. Gaikai was purchased by PlayStation um, to uh, implement it there. Yeah, and that's how PlayStation Now was powered. I have heard that PlayStation Now has gotten like functional within the last, you know, couple years. But when it launched, it was you know laggy. And the way PlayStation Now works is that it it basically is just uh, streaming old games on your current PlayStation hardware. Right. Or like tablets and phones right isn't that the idea like oh yeah PCs i guess you're able to I do guess it so, like, yeah yeah um and so i i don't really know uh i haven't had any real experience with it just because like i don't know with, i i i'm not like a super i'm not super into like twitchy games but like you know i play fighting games and stuff and uh, i think any uh anyone that's like you know, warning you about like input lag or anything like that is going to scare me away from like playing those sorts of games on those platforms. But like, 
you know, I play a ton of games. You know, any uh, turn-based RPG or, you know, whatever, the, there are a million ty- types of games that you could play on a streaming service that has, like, a little bit of lag without really any issue. Well, and for a single-player game like Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. paying, like, $20 for 180 days, that's all I need. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I... And this is dumb. I probably could have, like, signed up with Gamefly or whatever, but, like... Thinking about my experience with God of War, yeah, I don't, I don't need it for more than 180 days. I probably don't need it for more than 30 days, you know, if there's a way to rent. Like, this, this model makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know. Do you think that makes financial sense? I, th- I think maybe it makes financial sense for something like this, where the game is already out, out and already sold, and half, like... Yeah five or like seven million or like five million copies or whatever it's sold yeah i think you were right with seven million you know and then so it's like okay they were able to recoup some of that cost and now this is basically just like doing a again i don't know the details but probably like a lower cost port than if they had to put in all the uh the effort required to bring it to switch for like uh running natively on the hardware so you uh have jumped to the conclusion that this is not going to come to the west uh what what points you to that um i it just seem like too weird i i think it's a little too weird i think that it makes sense for capcom to test this out or like to yeah see how it works market. in like a smaller market like japan um the i uh i think the thing that initially made me think that is that it, the only language option in the Japanese version is going to be Japanese, like English, or I guess I should say English is not an option. That's the only thing. So it seems like they don't want people uh, going into, although it probably wouldn't matter that much. It seems like the gameplay for Resident Evil doesn't require a, um, uh, like language isn't really a barrier. So you could theoretically probably like, uh yeah turn your use your like e, uh japanese eShop account if you have one right because don't forget your it. your switch is region free so there's there's no like japanese software that you're not able to download but i wonder if whatever client you have to download in order for this to run yeah will like sure. check your uh geolocation via ip yeah maybe um and sure you could like spoof it through a vpn or whatever but that's just another layer that you're putting on a streaming game right. Well, and I wonder if, like, you will then see performance issues. I'm going to say something that I think will reveal a little bit of just, like, technical ignorance. But, like, if you're streaming the game, then the uh, computer that's running it has to physically be in some space somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so if they are right now trying to restrict it all to Japan and all the computers are in Japan, there is physically less distance for the data to travel from somewhere in Japan to somewhere else in Japan. Right. Versus if we're trying to stream it here across the ocean, you know, that's necessarily going to, like, you know, things can only move at the speed of light. And I think that's another reason to keep it uh, contained to Japan as a test is because Japan, like you're saying, is just physically smaller. Yeah. And so if they host it in a single data center, right? right, it's not like the U.S. where if you want things to be quick, you have to have multiple data centers and then send users to like the closest data center. Right, right, right. So, I mean, maybe, maybe this is uh, something that they're, they're testing and we'll see more of stuff like this. Um, do, we, we still do, do we know what the um, Nintendo Online program, if, that, if we'll, we're going to be streaming those uh, Nintendo games or if we're going to be 
downloading them onto our our switches i i I don't think we know the the details of how that'll work like will it be uh an icon on your home screen that you like click into and then the library is in there are you downloading each game individually yeah or are uh, they unknown are they only playable online because they're all like upgraded with uh special online features yeah we don't we don't know any of that yet um so it's a weird rich future and we're just starting to we're just starting to see it like plop down and you know in little ways um but exciting ways like here resident evil 7 yes is available like <laughs> at, at like the drop of a hat like less than a week's notice so out of left field uh and not even really something i had ever considered yeah you know like getting a game like that um a game that otherwise might be hard to run on the switch in its current form and just like streaming it like what a cool potential for the future yeah and i hope that there is i i hope that our you know reservations about these switches online capabilities um are you know are un- either unfounded or that there's like some kind of firmware update that can like make the yeah or uh, a hardware revision or a hardware revision <laughs> i mean whatever it's been over a year since i last bought a switch we're suckers <laughs> i'll buy another one <laughs> uh alolan pokemon are coming to pokemon go in the coming weeks according to a post from niantic on the pokemon go website you want me to read this quote yeah from, yeah go from, for uh, it from niantic this is this is from their website sunny days are ahead whether your forecast calls for rain or shine we're celebrating all around the world by introducing some special pokemon from the tropical alola region to pokemon go get ready for some of the pokemon originally discovered in the kanto region to appear in their alolan forms um so Pokemon get added to Pokemon Go kind of regularly, and we don't really comment on it because, you know, we've left Pokemon Go behind. Um, But in light of last week's, last week, Thursday's conversation about what the new Pokemon might be and its um, Go integration, uh, I think it, you know, just, it's, it's interesting to see even the most recent, like, forms of Pokemon appearing in Go. Like, I think it sort of lends more credence to the idea that all of this stuff is going to be wrapped up together and we're going to get just one big package that is both Pokemon and Pokemon Go and it's called Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Uh, Splatoon Splatoon 2's first ever tournament-style Splatfest concluded over the weekend. Uh, The final round of the competition pitted Raph and Donnie of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles against each other. Donnie was victorious. So congratulations, Donatello. Yeah, woo, woo. Not who I would have. Not who I would have picked. No, personally. you were losers both times. I was losers. You, all three you times. was losers. I was losers. <laughs> <laughs> every at every single turn, uh-huh. I wanted Leo to win over Raph. I wanted Michelangelo to re- win over Donatello. And then when it came down to it, I wanted Raph to win over Donatello. I lost. I lost. I lost. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me. This is all. This is all I can give, Mark. This is it. Were they the more popular choices? Uh, so in each round, uh, I don't know about this round. I don't know what the breakdown was on this, but yes, they were the more popular choices. That in... seems to be the kiss of death. It does. Yeah, like the more popular uh, turtle candidate always seems to lose. Even though I didn't have an opportunity to participate in this, in like the uh, the three weeks of this tournament, I love this idea. Oh yeah, I love it too. I would. I hope that we continue to see stuff like this yeah um or i mean yeah it, it would just be fun to, for them to continue to uh roll stuff out like that um if 
you know, if they're introducing new Smash characters or something, and they're like, this character or this character, and it's just like, which one comes first, you know? Um, I, d- I feel like the sky is the limit here, and like, S- Splatfest could be anything, um, and it could just be super fun. And if they want to keep doing brand integration, you know, like 7-Eleven versus AMPM. Look, we like that stuff. We want to be like, what's the better candy bar, a Twix or a Snickers? DC versus Marvel. Of course. Because there's no, like, functional voice chat, so all the toxic stuff wouldn't... That's a great point. Yeah. There is no toxic stuff. So, Splatoon, save us from ourselves <laughs> so we can debate things with ink. Uh, last week, we talked about the Mario Tennis Aces pre-launch tournament being announced for Japan. And now we have, like, official dates f- and times for North America. Wonderful. So, the tournament will start 6 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, June 1st, and wrap up midnight Sunday, June 3rd. Uh, the You can start downloading the demo as early as this Thursday, May 24th. When people in Japan are streaming Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Oh, those lucky people. Uh, four playable characters will be available. Mario, Peach, Yoshi, and Bowser. Uh, players will be able to earn points to unlock as, wait, as long, oh, as many as five additional characters. And we don't know what those five Ooh. mystery characters are. Uh, looks like it's just online multiplayer matches that will be, will be available in this demo. No, like, story mode stuff. Yeah, and uh, that's fine. Um, I guess also no like local uh multi like you won't be able to play against your friend, but maybe doubles. I don't know. It's 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 not clear. Um, but uh, are are you excited about this, Mark? Uh, I love when they do demos for stuff like this because I don't know that I have any interest in buying the full game, but I love getting that taste. Oh yeah, know? I love that taste. Uh, I think it's cool that it's the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, it's it's not like an hour here, an hour there. Which is what the test punch and um, test uh, 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 splat test shot shoot sh- test uh, uh, yeah so long ago test yeah no it's just it's just all weekend that they um it's just open to everyone um I wonder if they have less of a need to do like those specific hour long like stress tests. Um, and they're just like, man, just get it in people's hands and yeah, let them play it. Yeah, also, I guess, like, for a game like this, you're not, you don't have, what, like, eight people running around at the same time or something. That's a pretty it, good point, yeah. It's, like, it's just going to be one-on-one or, I guess, maybe two-on-two matches. Right, which would still be four people running around. But I, it's, it's got to be less to process a tennis game than, like, a, spl- a whole Splatoon map, right? Right. Right? It has to be. <laughs> Look, if the server's injured, I refuse to believe otherwise. <laughs> right, so perfect. whether we're right or wrong, it doesn't matter to me. I've made up my mind. I love it. Uh, okay, so if you took Patrick's advice and you're like, I'm going to purchase South Park The Fractured Butthole, mm-hmm. but I am not going to play it until a patch is released. Good news? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> a patch has been submitted to Nintendo. According to Ubisoft. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Like... <laughs> Are, are beca- I'm just allegedly <laughs> right. That's right. Ubisoft, Ubisoft might be lying. Right. We don't know. We, we don't, don't have any proof. That's right. Uh, but they said that they have submitted a patch, and uh, it's, this so was it's last, in for certification. And this was last Thursday that uh-huh. they uh, tweeted this. So we are. It maybe takes about two weeks, uh, for a patch to be certified and released. So. Hopefully, pretty soon. Hopefully, just wait a little bit longer. It uh, supposedly wipes out the um, like infinite loading glitch um, in one of the the call girl missions and uh, fixes a bunch of the other places where the game would either crash on you or try to delete your save. So, all in all, a much improved experience 
I'm sure. But w- wait till this thing is out in the wild before actually playing the game. According to HAL Laboratory, the next update for Kirby Star Allies is coming sometime this summer. We don't know exactly what's going to be in it, but Dream Friends. You think just Dream Friends? No, no, no. I'm just saying we know there will be Dream oh, okay, Friends, but we don't know what the Dream Friends will be. Mm. Or maybe there will be something else. Uh, I would like to see new levels. I would love to see some new mini games. I feel like the mini games oh, the or mini- like, the, yes. like the other games that were in the uh, Light. Star Allies were like not that great. Light offering. The, yes. Uh, like the boss rush mode and like the sort of like level rush mode, like they were both fun um, and especially like fun to do multiplayer. Um, but like right on the heels of having like played the game, I didn't really want to go back and just play the game again, which is essentially what those boss rush modes are. Um, but yeah, the, the other two mini games are really pretty slim. Um, so yeah, it would be cool to see more modes. Uh, I know that the first set of dream friends, um, like altered some of the levels to like incorporate the dream friends abilities. Oh, um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the experience of playing like any Kirby game is like the, the levels aren't so iconic that you're like, Oh, there's a minute change to this one. And I've noticed it immediately, you know? <laughs> um, so I don't know the, when, when more stuff comes to this game, I will be happy to go back into it um, and get some like two player going for a little while or three player. Yeah. We should try. I wonder what this game is like. Maybe when this comes out in the summer, mm. we will do a revisit where we're playing with like three or four of us and see how that changes. The I experience. love this. I think this is perfect. Yeah. Um, finally, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 had a big reveal event last week, and developer Treyarch confirmed there are no plans for a Switch version. Um, but mm? I am still holding out hope for uh, thinking that an unannounced, but so it hasn't been announced yet, but rumors. For a while, we're hot mm. that a Modern Warfare 2 remaster is coming this year and that it is single player only, no multiplayer, which I feel like would balance very well with Black Ops 4 multiplayer only aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, m- maybe it'll come to Switch. Okay, uh, why? Why? Well, uh, why do I think it will, or why do I hope it will? Uh, I guess why do you think it will? The the this game that I guess very the, well could not exist is right. going to come to Switch. <laughs> the the hope makes sense to me because we hope most games come to Switch, right? Um, but why why do you think it will? Uh, just because Call of Duty games have come to Nintendo platforms even I, they, when they've been underpowered. I think they ha- yes, though not for a while, right? Uh, well, I mean, I think the last one was Black Ops three on the wii u so or whatever that, like game is, launched around the same time as the wii u is did. that like three years ago four years ago uh probably like one f- twelve when did 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> six years ago maybe sure uh wait have there been that many call of duty since then i'm probably wrong but anyways it's been a long time um i feel like it's a low risk proposition for uh activision yeah to just push this out on another platform yeah and since it's a remastered like we've seen with like dark souls remastered um obviously maybe they have a separate team working on it oh, but so you say it'll it happen it'll possible. just be delayed <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um uh, tilt, but, uh, tilt aiming you think uh dare we dream yeah <laughs> we we dare we dare dream and then i'm just 
as like another finally just like scanning the internet to see if like a Pokemon reveal has been announced or anything. <laughs> no, okay, we're good. We're still topical for at least like another couple hours or Ooh, it weeks is, or whatever. It is tough, Mark. The leading up to E3, this, the news is coming out hot and heavy, and anything could explode at any moment. Um, but you know what? In the meantime, let's just get out of the news here. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, you can follow us. I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And collectively, we are at Nincart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Come back next. I was going to say next week, but the next episode on Thursday, we are going to be talking about D-Makes. So video games from the modern era that have been made in the style of older games. Or could be. Or could be. Where it's gonna look, it's gonna be a fun freewheeling conversation. We're gonna get some hypothetical stuff going on here. Mark and I are gonna be talking out our butts. If you like our opinions, you can listen to that. Or you can also check out our reviews of comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com uh, or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening.